Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk Weekly, episode 68. I look around the internet for the latest sci-fi, horror, comics, and fantasy news. Here on Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. And I'm Tony Tolato. Here are the headlines. Harry Potter series update. Well, sort of. World of Frozen comes to Hong Kong Disney. Marvel workers unionize. The Nun 2 director on the sequel. And that and much more in just a moment. Own your own copy of Holly, Stephen King's new suspense novel. It's now available wherever books are sold. Holly Gibney, one of Stephen King's most compelling and ingeniously resourceful characters, returns in a thrilling novel to solve the gruesome truth behind multiple disappearances in a Midwestern town. What I can do is I can send you a code where you can actually read Holly for free as an ebook. Click on the link with the show notes and I'll send you the code so you can read Holly for yourself. David Yates talked to Deadline about a new Harry Potter series coming to Max. This is what he said. I started on Potter in 2005, so it's been an amazing journey. We made the last one, Secrets of Dumbledore, through the pandemic pre-vaccine, so we were just shooting that movie without vaccines. It was a tough old ride to get it together. Huge affection and a lovely group of people I worked with. But we haven't had a conversation since we finished it. It's been about, let's just park it and be done for a while. I'm excited about moving on. I loved making pain hustlers. And I have other projects on my desk that are a million miles away from wizards and involved in all sorts of things which are non-wizard associated. More on this at Deadline.com. Variety reports that the world of Frozen will open in Hong Kong Disney on November 20th. Yep, you're actually bringing Arendelle to life. And this way guests can participate in the familiar summer snow day, the day in which Princess Anna saved Elsa in the kingdom, with an act of love, of course. And you can meet Elsa at the Ice Palace, board Wandering Oaken Sliding Sleighs, and enjoy an interactive play experience with the characters at Playhouse in the Woods. You'll have plenty of opportunity to see Anna, Elsa, and Kristoff characters represented by audio-animatronic figures, which Disney Imagineering says are the most advanced they've ever done. Hmm. And hey, if you want to dress up, you can wear rose-mailing patterned clothes and add glittering ice-inspired face paint, and you can style your hair like Elsa or wear a cape like Anna. And here's some of the landmarks you'll see there. North Mountain, with its peak, the highest point in Arendelle, the Ice Palace, where Elsa unleashes her icy powers, of course. Arendelle Castle, home of the royal family. The Bay of Arendelle, featuring a small fishing boat that Anna fell on when she met Prince Hans. The Clock Tower, where Anna danced with Hans. Friendship Fountain, where Elsa uses her magical powers to freeze its water into snowflake ornamentations. And of course, there's going to be new food and retail facilities as well said to be very steeped in Nordic history and culture, including the Golden Crocus Inn and Bayside Wharf, 
Forest Fair, Northern Delights, TikTok Toys and Collectibles, and Traveling Traders. World of Frozen is an integral part of the park's latest expansion and growth, said Michael Moriarty, MD of Hong Kong Disneyland Resort. It sounds great. Uh, Obviously, if it does well, it'll come to the States, too. You can almost count on it. Speaking of Disney's Marvel unit, Variety also reports that their visual effects workers have voted unanimously to unionize with the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, IATSC, and this was held in an election by the National Labor Relations Board, NLRB, and the company announced that last Wednesday. Today, VFX workers at Marvel Studios spoke with a unanimous collective voice, demanding fair pay for the hours they work, health care, a safe and sustainable working environment, and respect for the work they do. This, according to Mark Patch, the VFX organizer for IATSC, and he said so in a statement. More at Variety.com. Deadline reports that the Nun 2 director, Michael Chavez, spoke on what the audience wanted. People wanted more violence, he told EW. There's already a good degree of violence and gore in the movie, but people wanted more. So we did a little bit more additional photography and ramped that up. It goes to show on how audiences are always changing, evolving. Even in the earliest version, it was more violent than what was in your traditional Conjuring movie. I think horror audiences have been on this journey, this horror renaissance, where they've seen a lot of horror movies and they've seen a lot of violence. It's something they wanted more of, and we gladly gave it. More on this at Deadline.com. And there was more of Sci-Fi Talk Weekly, Episode 68, in a moment. According to Variety, Disney underperformed with that man in Quantumania, making only 81.9 million profits, but will be lower after special effects costs. The Little Mermaid made a 70 million profit, and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny did even the worst. It didn't even break even as of yet. And Secret Invasion on Disney failed to capture 1 million viewers in its debut. You know, they, they, they're going through a rough patch right now. There's no question about it. Secret Invasion, uh, I thought the last episode tied things up too quickly, but that's just me. My wife and I saw it and she really liked it. More at Variety.com. Screen Rant reports that the MCU has eight more Avengers to introduce from the Bronze and Silver Ages to complete Phase 4. Here's just a few of them. Dr. Druid, Dr. Anthony Droom, a.k.a. Dr. Druid, was an occult expert and psychic who served as a major member of the team during the 80s. After quietly using his mind powers to warm his way, into a leadership role. Since the 2000s, Marvel has tied several of Marvel's Merry Mutants to the Avengers, but one in particular, Beast, served within the group as far as the 70s. During that time, he formed a popular bromance with Wonder Man and took part in several of their adventures. As a founding member of the X-Men and a classic Avenger, it only feels like a matter of time before Beast I say rejoins the MCU. He has appeared in the movies. Uh, X-Men 3, he was played by Kelsey Grammer. 
did a great job too, and Nicholas Holt, who also did a great job on the X-Men prequels. Moondragon. Now, she's the daughter of Drax the Destroyer. She was a polarizing presence among the group. Similar to Dr. Druid, she used her psychic abilities to influence her teammates, which unsurprisingly ended in an unceremonious end to her Avengers membership. Since then, no, Marvel has portrayed her in a more positive light, making her a trusted member of the Guardian of the Galaxy. James Gunn's Guardian of the Galaxy movies avoided her when fleshing out Drax's backstory, but even without that connection, Moondragon could still find her way in to the MCU, possibly a member of Rocket Raccoon's new team. That'd be cool. More at Screen Rant, which also reports that Superman will get his steel-like armor for the November Action Comics number 1059. Look for the cover done by Stephen Beach. Fansided has the six worst Arrowverse heroes, just to name a few. Keown should have never been introduced, according to the article. Eric Wallace had been planning to introduce her before he found out that season nine would be the show's last, meaning she was originally going to be part of a longer arc. But with 13 episodes that should have been spent wrapping up the main character storylines, well, it didn't seem worth it to uh, do anything with her. And it would have been disrespectful to Diane Panamaker's primary character, Caitlin Snow, to kill her off without any kind of mourning period. Wavelength. Allegra Garcia never actually used the term wavelength on The Flash, but there is a deleted scene from the series finale in which she finally refers to herself as it, and we're going to use it, or are they going to use it. By Keown, Allegra should have been on the list of Arrowverse's best superheroes. She's certainly powerful enough to earn her place on it. But the character was never given enough stage to showcase what she was. The writing often let her down, as the show often went back and forth with her powers, their levels, and what she was able to accomplish plot-wise. Allura was an alluring... <laughs> I didn't write that. New addition to The Flash in Season 6. They were excited, the writers were, that she'd be a series regular from Season 7 onwards, but the show barely gave her anything substantial. And that's usually the way it works, uh, you know, for that. Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Kendra Sanders was originally introduced to The Flash as a barista at Jitters that Cisco Ramon developed a crush on, but she soon discovered she was actually a reincarnated ancient Egyptian priestess on the run from an immortal tyrant obsessed with killing her so he could live forever. It's a lot, and the Arrowverse had her problem with that. The story ended rather well in the second annual crossover, but it was randomly restarted for the first season of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Thus, Hawkman and Hawkgirl were brought back to be regular characters on the show, with much of the story going around the same circles as before. According to that, Kendra was caught in a love quadrangle as Ray Palmer, Jefferson Jackson, and her destined love Hawkman all made their feelings for her quite clear. Hawkman, on the other hand, was not that interesting. He didn't get a chance to do much on the outside except tell Kendra what her fate was and argue with some of the other legends and then die before eventually being reincarnated. And that's just some of the characters. 
Variety reports that Batgirl directors Adil Al-Arabi and Bilal Fala told Insider while promoting their new Syrian war drama Rebel, after watching Warner Brothers' most recent DC tentpole, The Flash, of course, that it was a sad experience for them to see it. We watched it and we were sad, a deal told Insider of watching The Flash. We love Andrew Musetti and his sister Barbara, who produced the movie, but when we watched it, we felt we could have been a part of the whole thing. We didn't get the chance to show Batgirl to the world and let the audience judge for themselves. Because the audience is really our ultimate boss and should be the deciders of it is something good or bad, or if it's something that should be seen or not. More at Variety.com. Just want to remind you that Sci-Fi Talk Plus offers a free lifetime subscription offer, free without any obligations, and the episodes are commercial-free. This episode, Sci-Fi Talk Weekly number 68 on Plus, airs without any commercial interruptions. And that is Sci-Fi Talk Weekly, episode 68. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.